I actually um, studied resiliency in trauma survivors and and what you know why some are resilient and some are not and it really comes down to this key thing of being a game of focus what am I going to focus on in this there's always something right and someone who can help and and that you know what we see in trauma survivors is those who do you know are resilient end up being um, amazing focusers because they had to. Welcome to the Drew Perlman Show. Think of this podcast as the antidote to the fear, the noise, and the talking heads in the news. The show features an entertaining blend of ancient wisdom, empowering ideas, and cutting edge, healthy living science to optimize your health and your life. Okay, so let's dive in and get started. Today's guest on the show is my good friend, Taylor Wells. Taylor speaks, teaches, inspires at conferences all over the world. She is an author, entrepreneur, clinical psychologist, this is a long list here, blogger, United Nations Yoga Peace Ambassador, master yoga and spiritual teacher, healthy lifestyle activist, and she is also a best life ever coach. So if you need some coaching, you're going to know who to go to. Taylor is also the author of the great book, Create the Best Life Ever, Real Life Stories to Get Inspired. Taylor, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for asking me, Drew. I'm so happy. Oh, I'm so happy that you're here. Um, Taylor, maybe if you could just start by just telling a little bit about your background. I mean, I know you have done so much from your personal evolution with yoga and psychology to starting a very popular yoga school, Prana Power Yoga and a raw vegan restaurant. Maybe just talking a little bit about your your journey. So I, let's see, I've had quite a journey. I'm, I am also a super mom of five. So I have five chickens. I call them chickens. Um, and I, my husband and I left the rat race, um, in 2002 to open a yoga studio because yoga had so transformed our lives. Um, and we wanted to bring that transformation and that joy to others. And we also, by the way, met while filming a yoga video. Do you want to hear that story real quick? Yeah, let's, let, let's hear it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's a fun story and I love um, to recount it and and I'll give you guys a pro tip about manifesting when you have something that's happened in your life um, today or yesterday or 10 years ago or in this case 20 years ago it's a good idea to bask in it to tell the story again and again it brings your vibration high and the universe doesn't care what your vibration is high about it will then send you similar people, places, and things to match that vibration. So I would love to tell this story and um, you guys will love it. So here's what happened. I um, was in a yoga video for my yoga teacher and um, it was my birthday actually. And I was really sad. I was um, going through a divorce and um, I was crying. I was <laughs> crying on my mat, you know, not sobbing, but clearly crying. And the producer comes up and she gives me the tap on my shoulder. And she's like, yeah, I need you to move to the side. Cause like, she didn't want this like crying woman in the middle of the video. And I was like, Oh, I was not very happy about that. Cause it was my spot. Right. It was like my spot right in the middle. So she moves me to the side. I flopped on my mat and I looked to my right drew and I, said to this guy who I have never seen in my life, oh my God, I had a dream about you last night. To this guy who I had dreamt about, but I didn't know till I looked at him. So I don't know if anyone listening has ever had this happen where you're like walking down the street and you see someone and you're like, oh my God, I think I dreamt about that person. But you usually don't say it to the person. You usually just have it in your own mind. Well, I was in a vulnerable place, right? I'm going through a divorce. I was raw. I was ragged. I was on the edge. And I blurted it out to this guy. So what do you think he said, Drew? Well, um, I mean, I know you you are together now. So it was probably a, <laughs> it was probably a positive, positive response, I would think. 
<laughs> so I, so again, I said, oh my God, I had a dream about you last night. And he goes, so I am quite literally the man of your dreams. <laughs> so, yep. That's what my handsome husband said to me. Now I was mortified and horrified <laughs> at, that I had just said this to this guy and that now I had to do yoga next to him for five hours filming a video. And that was that. And then um, after the video, I ran for the hills because I was mortified. And I would see him at the yoga studio. I was there every day. It was my sanctuary, right? I was just healing from this, you know, grief. And my ex-husband and I are really good friends. In fact, we chatted today. So it's, it's all good. But anyway, so every time I would see him, Drew, I would run because I was like, happy single mom, happy single mom. I did not want to get married again. I was done. I was done with love. I had a beautiful three-year-old daughter, done, happy single mom. So <laughs> I would run, 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 run. And then um, like, literally I'd be, I'd be taking class and he would, I would see him and I would just leave and just forfeit, you know, the 10 bucks, whatever. So then three months later, um, it was mid-December and I, um, my daughter was sick and I had throw up in my hair. She was three years old. You remember those days? And I hadn't slept in a couple nights. I went to yoga and there he was, his mat was right next to me. And I just, I just gave up. I surrendered. I looked at him. I said, I have throw up in my hair. I haven't slept in three nights or two nights. I'm in the middle of a divorce and my ex-husband still lives with me. And he smiled and he said, my name's Philippe. And that was it. We've been together ever since. <laughs> so great. You, this should be a screenplay. I mean, have you thought about putting this into like movie um, script form or anything? This would be a cool, uh, like a romantic comedy. Be beautiful. I mean, it's. It's just an pretty, idea. <laughs> it's pretty magical. Let's talk afterwards. Seriously, like I, it is so magical. And whenever I tell people the story, it they light up because it's so unbelievable. And I really was, especially for my friends out there who are really wanting to, you know, meet someone and you know someone who is um, their soulmate and you know with whom they can really form an amazing relationship and partnership. I was literally saying to myself, happy single mom, I do not want this. I do not want this. Now, this is an important piece of this. And then I'm going to get back to just like what I've done, whatever. But an important piece of this manifesting wise, everyone, I had written a list for my husband at the time. I, he, you know, we were getting divorced because he wanted to get married again. And I wrote him a list. I said, this is what you want in a marriage. Okay. And it, and and I said, um, this is what we don't have. And this is what you want. And he was like, but I don't want to get divorced. And I was like, yes, you do. I was like, believe me, you're going to be happy this happened eventually. Right now it feels bad. But this is what a marriage should be. And I wrote it down. And I would read it to him whenever he would, you know, get upset. And I would read this list. Now, the universe didn't know that I was reading it for him. Because my handsome husband, as I call him, is everything on that list plus a hundred things more, okay? And so I was so unattached to the outcome because I didn't think it was for me. I was just like happy single mom. And this is for Andy because, you know, I, I love my ex-husband. I mean, we've, you don't get married to someone if you don't love them. So I wanted him to be happy. So um, it's, it's very interesting because when you're not attached to the outcome, when you just ask, the universe delivers it. And then if you can allow it by being attached to the when and the how, it will come mm. every single time. I mean, that's, that's, that's amazing, Taylor. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, because the, the, the law of attraction, I mean, you, you know, I know you said you've been obsessed with it since you were five years old. Yeah. And I mean, is this, what do you think? Well, if you want to go back into your background first, and then maybe we can go... Yeah, we'll go, we'll go chronologically. So, so basically I'll st first start um, where I was originally starting, which is we left the rat race. People also love this story. We could make a screenplay out of this too. Um, uh, so Philippe was working um, in, in consulting in the private sector. He was working at Bain Capital in Boston, along with Mitt Romney at the time. And um, 
he had done his um, undergraduate at Yale in economics, and then he had done a PhD in economics at Harvard. So he was really well educated, working at this, you know, big fancy job. And I was finishing my doctorate. I was doing an internship at Harvard University at the Bureau of Study Council. Well, yoga brought us together. We practiced every single day. It changed my life. Yoga gave me the courage to leave my marriage. Okay. So um, it lifted the veils of illusion so I could see what was really going on in my marriage and that, you know, it was really should have ended several years before. So um, I, you know, to me, yoga had saved my life. And so we really wanted to bring this to other people. So we left the rat race. We opened Prana Power Yoga June 23rd, 2002. We wanted to live the happy, simple life. That was our goal. Okay. And we did not ever talk about number one, having five kids, number two, opening five studios, uh, number three, opening a restaurant, writing a book and an inspiration card deck. We didn't talk about any of this stuff. We were just in alignment, in love, and just happy in the moment, right? We we didn't, none of that stuff, because I hear people and they're like, you know, well, this is a deal breaker for me, or this is a, we talked about this and that, and didn't you and Philippe talk about that? And I'm like, no, we didn't actually. We just, I just, you just know, you just know when that's the person and all the details, they're going to just fall into place. And I think that also with manifestation, that's where people get really um, bogged down is in details, right? So I coach my coaching clients and I've been coaching for 20 years. It's the absolute favorite thing that I do. Um, and even when I taught Prana Power Yoga for 16 years at Prana, I was really doing my coaching while teaching. It, I, it's all really the same. Um, so what I tell my coaching clients is that if you're really loving something, it's great to go ahead and get into details and specifics. But if you're feeling overwhelmed or confused in any way about something, just go general, go general. Okay. And I think, again, back to kind of dating and that kind of stuff and, um, and what we had planned we just were generally in love and we knew we had, you know, the same vision about happy, simple life and what mattered. So anyway, I think people do get caught up in details and they're like, well, he only wants three kids and I want four. Just, uh, I mean, I'm just making that up. But anyway, <laughs> so, um, so we opened Prana and then it just, it really took off. Um, and it just, um, you know, the rest is history. So we had the five studios, three in um, Boston. So one in Cambridge, one in Newton, our, where we lived, and one in Winchester. And then we had New York City and uh, Brooklyn. So we would travel to New York every single weekend and teach in New York every weekend, Wow, which was really fun. I mean, our kids kind of grew up in both places. So they Grew up in you know Boston during the weekend and New York City on the weekend. So, and then yeah, you mentioned the restaurant. We opened a raw vegan restaurant um, in 2009. In fact, the very day, September 4th, that I found out I was pregnant with twins. Hmm. Um, and we were trying for twins. We were trying to manifest twins. So we were thrilled. I was 44, and um, I went full term with the twins, and they're now 11. Dakota, Montana. Um, and yeah, we opened the raw vegan restaurant. It was called Prana. And um, honestly, the, again, like I just didn't want to make the raw vegan food. We were raw vegan at the time. And I was like, this is way too much work. Yeah. Get some, <laughs> so, get a chef to, to make it yeah, all. That's let's great. just open a restaurant. <laughs> so yeah. So we did that for a couple of years. We, you know, we learned that the restaurant business was not our dharma. Um, and so we sold that. Um, and, uh, we actually sold Prana Power Yoga, um, a few years ago, um, to yoga work. So we had had it for 16 years and the yoga landscape had changed. So corporate yoga really took over and made it very, um, challenging if at all, you know, really difficult for a small yoga studio owner. I'll just say that. So we, um, 
we did that. And I was really, I really loved yoga works and I spent three years doing the deal so that everyone was um, well taken care of at my studios. Mm. Um, and then, and then, and then that after that COVID happened. So we were quite blessed to have done that because then actually yoga works went belly up. You know, so Taylor, do you still do, so do you, you do yoga every day, right? Every day it's, it's part of your, part of your routine. Yeah. So I wake up, I wake up at four. So Mm -hmm. just so you know, I was not a morning person. I was a night owl. And then I had my first child and she was up really early. So I forced myself to, uh, to change. I'm sure a lot of parents out there can relate to that. And then what happened was I was getting up really early to practice at home. So I brought that early practice to my Newton studio and I Googled it and there was like no place in the world that had a 4.30 a.m. yoga class. <laughs> and I was like, I'm and my whole, um, te- all my teaching staff were laughing at me. They're like, no one's going to come to that class. And the first day, 20 people came to that class at 4.30 a.m. Wow. Um, I did not keep those numbers up. It was more like, between you know usually about five people would come and um and we would practice in the pitch dark right i would turn on twinkle lights and um and and i would just practice through i wouldn't teach a traditional class i would practice with them in silence and we'd light candles and i did that every single day even christmas and easter till um till we moved to barrington rhode island um and then so we sold, of course. So anyway, so so I still do that every day. I wake up at four and I get on my yoga mat. Um, I actually meditate first. I meditate um, for a half hour and then I get on my yoga mat same time at about 4.30. And, um, and I, I really swear by this because I am preparing my point of attraction for the day. Mm. And I, I teach my coaching clients this. In fact, I had a brand new coaching client this morning at 630 in the morning, and we were talking about her morning practice and what she does. And she was kind of saying, well, you know, I get up and then I have coffee and then I, you know, she used the word frantic five times in describing. And um, I love working with my clients because I can really help them with tools of how to prepare their point of attraction. People don't really understand how important it is to start your day in a way that's very intentional. I've been doing that, as you said, since I was five, because I trained um, to be a figure skater at age five. So I was up on the ice, you know, early, early before kindergarten. So I'm really blessed to have had, you know, athletic training that taught me discipline. Um, and later I trained to go pro in tennis. I lived at my tennis coach's um, house in Nick Valtteri in um, Florida before he had an academy or anything. It was just me and this other kid, Jimmy Arias. And then, oh, yeah, yeah. And, and didn't yeah. He, he trained Agassi, right? Didn't he train Agassi as well? He did. After Valtteri. I was gone, I was there okay. in 1979 and okay. um, Agassi was there later. And that was once it become like a big thing. But when I was there, I was just living at Nick's house. 3203, or wait, I'm trying to remember his address. I probably shouldn't say that. But um, <laughs> he, and it was Jimmy and and um, Carling Bassett and Kathleen Horvath and Lisa. There was, you know, a handful of us. And some people stayed, some people, it was intense. So um, it was it was a lot. So I was there a year and um, it really taught me the, um, the discipline. In fact, I, I, talked about Nick today to Philippe this morning to my handsome husband. I said, you know, the discipline that I learned there when I was, you know, 13 years old, 12 and 13 really has stayed for life. So I like to teach. You don't have to, you know, train to go pro or done any of this stuff because every moment is brand new. And every moment the past is being rewritten. Okay. So there's a great show out right now. I'm sure you've seen it. It's called um, Ted Lasso. Is that what it's called? Is that his first name? Ted Lasso. I know it's Lasso. Anyway, and he, he talks about how the, um, the, um, the goldfish is the happiest animal, whatever, you know, fish, because it has a 10-second memory. <laughs> That's great. Okay. And I love that because... 
what what I the analogy I like to use, the metaphor I use with my coaching clients is that every morning you have a blank canvas in front of you. Every morning. Now you have a canvas in back, it's full of color and texture. It's the canvas of your life. It's all the things that have happened and gone well and not gone well and the bumps and this. Every day you are reaching back with your paintbrush and choosing what you're gonna bring forward onto the canvas in front of you, okay? And what most people do is they're retelling, they're historians, they're retelling the story again and again of all the crap that they don't wanna live, right? And they feel this responsibility and they, they I think they derive a sense of comfort in it because there's, it's familiar. Mm. And I think that I know that there's also momentum in it. So I say to my um, coaching clients, you know, and I got this from my big teacher who's Abraham Hicks, you know, Abraham Hicks. I do. I do. Yep. That's with Esther and and Jerry and Abraham and that whole. Yeah. Yeah. So Abraham talks about, you know, being a sloppy thinker. And and I like to use this metaphor of, you know, the, the uh, canvas behind you and the canvas in front of you. So my point is like people listening when you're like, well, I didn't train to go pro and I didn't, da, da, da. doesn't matter. We are at the exact same place right now. Nobody is above or below anyone. We're all in this moment, right? And we're all creating now. And I have to do this every day too. I don't have to, but it's not like you get an alignment and then, you know, from your meditation and then you're like, okay, here, I'm going to put it on the wall. I'm in alignment. No, you're always reaching for alignment. And how do you know if you're in alignment, Drew? Take a guess. Well, you probably feel good. I mean, you feel good, right? You feel energy, excitement. Um, I would think some of those, yeah. those, those strong emotions. Yeah, you feel good. So I yeah. say to people, how do you know where your vibration is? Well, you look at two things. You look at how do I feel? And what's happening here right now in my life? Like what's happening right here? And I will only work with clients who can acknowledge that what is here in front of me, this circumstance is a reflection of my vibration. Okay. So if they're not going to acknowledge that, because that's the law of attraction, right? That's the basic fundamental, then I'm not going to waste their time or my time, right? Because there's so many people who want to do this work. So once we can can take responsibility for that and, and take that power, right? Mm. That power that I get to choose, right? Um, and, you know, focus my mind power. Look at that canvas and go back and go, yeah, but he said this and she did that. And why didn't this happen? And I wasn't born with the silver spoon and all that. I've heard all the excuses. And I'm just not interested in them because I know the pure power and potential of all people and how they can create anything. Absolutely. I mean, and that's the, that's the title of your book. I mean, create the best life ever. And, you know, Taylor, I mean, I, I'm sure there's people listening and and I love in chapter one, how you, you, you make it really simple for people. And I'm sure you do this in the coaching that you do as well, but you say for the best day ever, Number one, do yoga, intentional and breathe. Number two, deliberate creation. And number three, eat in moderation. Is that something that you still, you know, believe in as far as um, for people that are looking to make changes or to just, you know, just to create the best life ever? Um, are those some of the key the keys that you have? Absolutely. So, and also the yoga is in, is in quotations, everybody, because it should be your yoga. And I personally love, um, asana, which is, you know, physical yoga, but your yoga could be going for a walk. It could be, um, baking. It could be reading. It could be taking a hot bath. It could be anything that you do for you to get yourself into that place where you feel as Drew described before alignment is feeling good. It's, it's so simple, yet so few people remember it and understand it. They try to make things very, very complicated. So yes, the three principles of, in my book about creating the best life ever are number one, doing your yoga. So having a morning practice, okay? 
Um, I am really, really recommending meditation these days because it's free and anyone can do it. Okay. And in my opinion, I mean, I'm a very physical person, so I really need to do the yoga asana too. But in my opinion, meditation will single-handedly change your life more quickly than anything else. Okay. Five, um, 10 to 15 minutes is all you have to do. Um, so, so your yoga slash meditation, um, deliberate creation, which is what we're talking about. We're talking about being a deliberate creator of your, of your moment, of your, of your life moment by moment. So people come to me, they're like, Taylor, I want a happy life. And I go, okay, well, let's go for a happy moment right now. Okay. Can we create? All right. So we just did that. Okay. So now let's do another one. Okay. Let's do another. And when they're talking to me, we go for an hour and we walk. Okay. So it's always, um, most of my clients are, um, uh, you know, national or international, some are local, but we, we talk on the phone and I'm, I make sure that they're walking while we talk or cardio. Um, and I'm doing the same for all my clients because you want to be moving the energy, right? So you can move it through you. And, um, so one moment at a time. So they're like, but Taylor, I, I, I need, you know, I need, I need a happy life. It's like, well, that's all I have. <laughs> that's all it is, you know, a string of happy moments. Well, when we're t- talking for that hour, they're in the vortex, right? So they're in pure positive energy. I help them to hear and to see what's in their vortex. What And vortex, for people who don't know that term, it just means um, everything you've always asked for and wished for kind of in this um, vortexual, um, if you will, um, uh, energy place, right? And, and you ask, it's put in that place and then all by your, by the universe, by um, law of attraction. And then all you have to do, everybody is allow it in, just allow it. So people think they have to work really, really hard and they have to, but it's actually the opposite of that. You need to like relax. And, and allow yourself to feel good and to do things that you like. So I coach people most of the time into allowing themselves to feel good. Okay, so mm. people are usually just beating themselves up through their inner critics. So what I see, Drew, is three big themes with everyone, whether it's you know a CEO of a company with a jet or a stay-at-home mom, you know, they feel three things. Um, they feel unworthy and not good enough. Number one, not in order. These are the three things. Uh Second thing they feel is stuck and powerless. And the third thing they feel drew is they feel that they have to earn and work hard to get blank, fill in the blank. So love, money, stuff, respect, just fill in the blank. So these are the three themes I see over and over again. And I help my clients with very hands-on real tools that they use immediately to get into it, to have a morning practice, to get in alignment, and then to allow all the things they've asked for. Mm. And the third thing that you read from the list, so that was number one, yoga, right? And quotations two is using law of attraction. So deliberately creating, right? And the third thing is eating whatever you want in moderation. So I coach people to eat to three quarters full. So instead of, you know, having all these rules and clearly like we had rules, we, we were raw vegan. We didn't cook our food or eat anything from an animal for seven years. Well, what I learned is that um, I and my family do best eating you know, all foods um, in moderation. So like kind of not shouting no at anything. So a big thing with law of attraction, everybody, is when you scream no at something, it actually gets bigger. And that's another thing I coach my clients on daily is when you have a problem to get out of the energy, Drew, of the problem so that the solution can gracefully flow with ease, okay? So 
Einstein said this, right? He said, there, no problem can be solved at the level at which it was created. And he was talking about law of attraction. So he, he, when he couldn't solve a problem, everybody, Albert Einstein would play his guitar. And then the answer would come. I didn't even know he could play the guitar. That's, that's amazing right there. Yeah. Who knew? <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. And, and if you Google Albert Einstein and read things that he said, you're going to be like, oh, my God, this is what Taylor Rawls was talking about. Because he was all about quantum physics, which is what law of attraction is. Right. Absolutely. So like attracts like. And, and, and what I empower people to do, because I've been doing this for so long, I have a really high vibration. Okay. It's just practice. It's not, no one is above or below anyone people. It's just practice. So again, my sports um, history was helpful because I would, I, what I say to my clients is just keep hitting the backhands. Okay. So not literally the backhands, but just keep practicing this and the universe will show you immediately how you're doing. It's not, there is no pause. Mm. I love that. I love that. I'm going to use that, Taylor. Just keep hitting the backhand. I mean, because I, I know exactly what you mean. And, you know, whether you play tennis or not, I mean, I used to love tennis just recreationally for fun. I wasn't very good. But but what a great like mantra to have. Just keep hitting that backhand. Keep going. Keep doing the work. That's it. Just keep. And then you know what? Your inner critic. So you have an inner being, which is your highest, most authentic self. Like when you're just like, in the vortex, you're on fire, you're feeling great, you love everybody and everything, that's your inner being, right? And most people tap into that at some point every day, okay? You might not stay there, but, but you um, feel that. Well, we all also have an inner critic, okay? And how you know if you're in your inner critic is you feel like crap. <laughs> and, you know, it's the negative thoughts and all that kind of stuff. Now, contrast, which is, you know, experiencing something that feels bad is necessary so that we know what we do want, right? So the issue that I've noticed over all these years of studying this and um, teaching about it is that when we came to this planet, we, we, we thought we'd be in contrast. So, you know, experiencing things we didn't want to see what we do want about five to 10% of the time and be, you know, in joy and in the vortex, the other 90%, 90, 95. Well, most people who I see at the beginning of our coaching, they have it flipped. So they are 90%, 90, 95% in contrast. And then five to 10% you know, in their inner being and enjoy. Now, wow. the issue with that is that a lot of momentum builds, Drew. So it's really challenging to stop a train. Like imagine the Acela, you know, flying to New York as we used to take the, um, the really fast train. You can't turn that train around on a dime. Like it's just not, it's just impossible. And also, even if you could, it'd be really hard on the contents of the train, right? So I teach my clients to just slow it down, slow down that momentum, right? All that contrast. And how do you slow it down? Well, you turn the other cheek, you focus on something else. And, or if you must focus on that topic that is giving you the contrast, right? You have something not going well, go general. Okay, so instead of getting specific about it, which makes it, the train go faster, you go general. So these are in my card decks, my um, card deck that's out, um, you know, quotes like, you know, this moment is as it should be, or things are always working out for me, or, um, you know, I know the path will light up for me, things like that. So when you soften that intensity, Drew, you're able to slow that train down, right? And turn it around away from contrast back 
to ease and joy. Does that make sense? It, it does. It does, Taylor, because, you know, it's interesting because earlier today I was definitely in my inner critic state and I was getting frustrated and I was feeling I was just getting lower and lower and lower. And so I'm like, all right, I got to get outside and take my dog, Sammy, for a nice walk and we hike in the woods and I just felt so much better. And it just by moving and walking and being in nature, it was it was the best medicine ever. Um, but I was feeling low when I was inside. I just had a lot of work to do and I was just getting in my own head and I didn't feel good. I love that example. That's a beautiful <laughs> example because we've all been there probably today, yeah. right? Especially it's a full moon and it was an eclipse, a partial eclipse. So oh. that those things also matter, like, you know, energy mm -hmm. like that matters. And, and you did such a beautiful um, pivot because you're like, dude, I just got to get out, mm -hmm. get some fresh air, walk with my dog. You know, that was your yoga. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's exactly what I teach people to do that. Like when you're in that, like in your head and you're in your inner critic, first of all, to know what it means, because to understand you are not stuck and powerless, okay? So they're actually, this is gonna blow you guys' mind. Are you ready for this? There is no vibration of stuck, okay? It, it actually doesn't exist, okay? What stuck that um, feeling is, is a reality loop, okay? Because everything is always in motion. Everything is always changing moment to moment, which is so crazy that we people crave things not changing because they're always changing. So what people do, what most people do is they're a sloppy thinker, they're a lazy thinker. And even if the thought feels crappy, they derive some sort of comfort in it, in this reality loop, okay? And they keep thinking the same thing and they go, but Taylor, it's true. And so what I say is, well, what is true? Okay. So in my, I forgot to say this at the beginning, but take what you want and leave the rest with everything that I say, everyone. So with every single thing I say and write, I always say, take what you want and leave the rest. If it doesn't fit, chuck it. It's fine. I don't take anything personally, but basically when people get caught in a reality loop, they are running a story that, you know, happened at some time, someone said something, someone did something, you created a belief, which is just a thought you've kept thinking. And then people feel stuck and powerless because they keep looping that thought or that belief where all they have to do is see, become aware, this is what's going on and make a decision, make a choice to change that perspective. So basically your vibration, Drew and everybody listening is a result of four things, okay? Your vibration, it is your focus. What am I focused? So this is what I do with people. I go, let's do an audit. Let's do a vibration of an audit of your vibration. And everybody, you can use this tool. Listen back to this pod podcast and write it down. You can use this tool when you're having a crappy moment, like Drew described really well earlier today, ask yourself, oh, huh, I feel crappy right now. So what's going on? Let's do an audit. Number one, what's my focus? Okay. So Drew's focus was his work. He was like buried in work, right? His sec the second thing you look at is what is my perspective about this thing on which I'm focusing? So what was your perspective about your work in that moment? Um, that's a good question. Um, I, I don't know. It was just one of frustration and just feeling, um, probably the best word I could think of is stuck a little bit stuck. And I, and I know you've just broken the myth on stuck. Like you've just, I, I love that perspective on what you just said, but the feeling is just feeling, is just feeling I'm not progressing. You know, I'm not moving in the direction I thought I was going to be moving. And, uh, I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm just feeling a little frustrated, I guess. Frust Maybe it's, it's, it's one of frustration. So what's interesting is you're jumping to the fourth thing because here's what it is, ready? You, you're so smart and wise that you jump to the fourth thing. So it's like this, focus was your work, right? Perspective slash belief is probably something like, 
oh my God, like I have to get this done because I should have finished by this time and now I'm not or whatever. The third thing is your thought, right? And then the fourth thing is your emotion. Mm -hmm. So your emotion is a result of the three things before. The first thing though is always your focus, okay? So this is what happens is people are like, they're feeling crappy about something, for example, your work. And what needs to happen is exactly what you did. You pivoted. You're like, dude, I got to get out and just like, just clear my head. Or you can try to focus on something else. The challenge with that is that you're stuck in it, right? You're stuck. You're not actually, but you're reality looping. You can't stop thinking about it. So what I suggest to people, the tools I suggest are exactly what you did. You pivoted, you got outside, you moved your body, you got fresh air, you brought your dog. Perfect. Um, also, what you can do is I use the metaphor of a toddler. So if anyone has ever had a toddler and you are in a store with a toddler and there's this like big shiny object that's very breakable and your toddler is like running straight for the big shiny expensive object you don't want them to break and you're like wait honey and you start jingling your keys look at the keys and then they pivot and they go to the keys well we're just like big toddlers because we're focused on something and what I suggest that people do is they distract themselves with something else, right? And that's exactly what you did. You're like, I'm out of here. Okay. So what most people think, Drew, is they think, no, I've got to be a hard worker and I've got to stick this out. When you feel stuck and powerless, pivot. Okay. Because you're just in a loop. You're in a loop. And then once you step away, you know, maybe you come back and you're fine, or maybe you need to wait till the next day, or maybe you need to take a nap. Naps, by the way, I'm not a napper. I can't nap, but people who can nap have it going on because if you nap even a half hour, you can really shift your vibration. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And, and that's why when you wake up in the morning, everybody, that's the best time to prepare your point of attraction. Think of yourself as a magnet. Okay. And you want to tune yourself. Think of yourself as a magnet and, or like a, a radio station, right? You want to tune yourself to the best station with the best music. Okay. Because that's what you're going to emanate. And then that's what you're going to bring back. Does that make sense? I, I love it. I love it. That's such a great way of putting it. Cause, cause I'm, yeah, I'm a big proponent too of the morning routine because it's something that I find really useful, but I love the way you just put it is that sort of having, it's the best point to have that point of attraction early in the morning and really set the day. You are, you are literally creating your masterpiece of the day. And when I hear people say to me like, well, I can't do that. Or I can't, I don't have time for that. I'm like, you don't have time not to do this. Like I'm very, <laughs> Yeah. I'm very strict. I mean, I, I lived with my freaking tennis coach, right? And he was not easy. He was certainly not abusive, by the way. He wasn't abusive at all, but he was very strict. And so I'm very strict with people. I'm like, I mean, I'm nice, but it's like you, this is what you need to do. And you will see changes as soon as now. Like it that's the thing with um psychology is um I'm very well trained in psychology, but one thing that I have issues with is you really do not need to sit on a couch for 10 years to make a change. You really don't need to do that. And I don't recommend it. I, I, I don't think it's a good idea to, to slap a happy face sticker on an empty gas gauge and pretend that you're happy. Oh, no, I'm happy. It's the best day ever. If you're depressed, that's ridiculous. I would never suggest that. What I suggest is that you move gently up a scale. So I have a scale where at the very bottom is struggle, right? Struggle. And then up from struggle is relief. Okay. So when someone comes to me and they're in struggle, I'm not going to be like, oh my God, today's the best day ever. You know, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Right, right. Right. So you want to move up gently. So, so you move from struggle to relief. So we find a focus. Remember the four things, focus, perspective, or beliefs and or beliefs, thoughts, and then feelings. 
So those feelings, when they're in the down in the dumps, right? When they're depressed, when they can't get out of bed, those feelings are results of, are a result of those other three things, okay? However, we need to bring them gently to relief before they can even hear what I'm saying. Mm. So how we move to relief is we go general. And, and that's how we ease out of a feeling of struggle. And then from relief, you move up to satisfaction, okay? So I coach people, Drew, to find something. So when people ask me to manifest stuff, They'll be like, I want the guy or the girl, or I want to have a baby, or I want a big house, or I want a boat or a car, whatever, whatever, or I want a different body, or I want health. You know, everyone has their list of what they want. So what I ask them, and we'll get back to the scale as well, but what I ask them is, okay, why do you want this thing? Well, because I want it. That's what I want. Okay. So, but why? Like 99% of the time are completely baffled by that question. They don't know how to answer the question of why. They know why they don't want what they have. And they get into a story, the loop, right? And they tell the story, they take the paint, the crappy paint, and they slap it right on me. Let me tell you everything that happened. And of course I need to get a history, right? But then I will not let them keep going back. I won't, I won't let them. Because what is important is that people learn to tell a better feeling story, right? So tell the better feeling story, tell the story of what they want to unfold. So once we can identify and once they can tell me this, I want to attract the man of my dreams because I wanna feel blank. And they fill in the adjectives of how they wanna feel. Then our job together is to that they learn how to embody those feelings now, okay? So the feelings, they want to feel loved, they want to feel respected, they want to feel cherished, they want to feel secure, they want to feel satisfied, all these things. I say, well, what do you feel satisfied about now? Like right now, without the guy or without the girl. So we find that and then they embody that, ideally during meditation, and then they pulse it out, that energy out to the, to the world. So what they can do is in meditation, they can visualize that feeling. So let's say it's, you know, being satisfied or being, um, let's do money. Money's really easy because everyone always wants more money. So th- guess what the vibration of money is? Uh, what do you, you mean? Like high or low or just? Uh... So when people say they want money, what are the um, three things that they actually mean when they say I want my they, the physical thing is money but what are the three emotions or things that money stands for like represents yeah um I think maybe security freedom so I'd say security freedom and like peace of mind I, I don't know um maybe generosity giving I don't know it's a good question yeah, give me a couple more. This is good. I love this. And everybody listening, everybody listening, think of what it comes what comes up for you. But go ahead. Yeah, I mean to me the the big one would be freedom. It would be adventure even. Adventure comes up, you know, cuz for me traveling the world, maybe um yeah, having that that level of adventure and sharing with others, but also yeah, freedom definitely comes up big for me. Yeah. So that's the big one. Freedom is the big one for, for money. When people want money, the, what they're really wanting is freedom, okay? And they're wanting the feeling that also the three biggest ones for, for money are freedom, ease, and relief, relief. So, and of course, all those other things also come up as well, but those are the three top money kind of emotions. So freedom, ease, and relief. Okay. So I say to someone, all right, if we had a million bucks in the bank for you right now, you know, what, what would, what would it feel like? And it's funny because people don't think that they're like, whoa, I don't don't even know. I just know that right now I have bills. It's like, if you're trying to pay bills and get out of debt, you can't get there from there because you're in lack. Okay. And when you're in lack, the universe will go, here's more, here's more lack, here's more lack, here's more bills. But if you can find 
anything that you feel free about, like you were free today to go, okay, fuck it. I'm going to go take a walk. You had the freedom to get up, walk away and take your dog for a walk. Okay. Now, when you felt that freedom, if you could just tune into that and not try to translate it to anything, not be like, oh, I'm translating this to money. Mm -mm. Just feel the freedom. By law, the universe doesn't know the difference. So it takes that freedom feeling and it sprinkles it all over everything in your vortex, everything that you want, including the money, okay? Relief. So what, what's everybody in the audience listening? Like, what's something that gives you relief? Like any time of being like, oh, that feeling. Mm -hmm. So when you feel that feeling, allow yourself to fully feel it and do that as often as possible. When can you feel relief, right? When can you feel, and as you, it's a game of focus. As you embody, embody these feelings, relief, freedom, and ease, ease. So I'm a big one on ease. I, I mean, I have these, this says ease all over the place in my, um, it's a card that says ease everybody. And I find that meditating on ease and just kind of pulsing that feeling through your body, through all your chakras is really effective for anything. Okay. Cause your inner being the universe knows what you want. You don't have, everybody, you don't have to keep making dream boards and vision boards <laughs> and telling everyone about it. In fact, it's really deterring you, honestly, because every time you do that, like we already know, the universe knows what you want. So stop asking, <laughs> unless it's new. If it's a new thing, ask. But if you've asked for it, stop asking because every time you ask, you're saying it's not here. So it can never come. You cannot get there from there. So yeah, make a dream board once, but don't keep doing them and don't keep asking. It's been recorded. The universe knows. Stop asking. Okay. Your job becomes feeling ease, feeling relief, feeling freedom. Right. Does that make sense? That's huge. So huge. So feel it now, feel it, feel it now, feel the feelings now. Um, so you, so as though, I mean, what I'm getting from you, Taylor, is though, so you're not like separate from it because, you know, I, I'm not really craving a million dollars in my bank account. I'm craving freedom. So experience it, do the things that bring you that freedom or ease, or as you said. Embody. So it's literally a game of focus. So, and you're the only one who can focus. So you control your mood by your attention to subjects. Okay. So you, your power lies in how you feel. Okay. So if you're pissed off along the journey, like along the way, the end of the journey is not going to be what you want. I'm telling you right now. So you can't have a happy ending to a crappy journey. So this is what people say. Well, when I have this, I'll be happy. When I have that, when I have whatever, you will not. I'm telling you right now, you will not. You're going to feel exactly how you felt along the way. And everybody has ups and downs and everybody has moves. I'm not saying, oh, you have to be perfect and happy all the time. You're going to always have some contrast. But I live a life of five to 10% contrast and the rest is vortex. I live that life every single day because of my focus, my perspectives and beliefs and my feelings. Now it takes practice and discipline. People now are so open to like wellness and going to the gym and blah, blah, blah. You know, like in this, I was born in 65 in the sixties and seventies People weren't, when I would go running, you know, in the early eighties, people, people were like, what are you doing now? Everyone does that, right? Everyone's into healthy eating, blah, blah. but people think with law of attraction, well, I just, I'm going to make a dream board and then I'm done. That's like literally going to the gym once and being like, well, how come I'm not in good shape? Like you can't, it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle and it's a discipline. Okay. And basically what you're doing is you're creating the atmospheric conditions around yourself. You're creating an atmosphere that attracts what you want. 
And most people can't even tell you why they want what they want. And that's the first step. Why do I want this? And then just embodying that now, because there's only now. So on my, um, I finished our Christmas cards ready because I got really excited about them and, um, and they just came in the mail. And I, I always write quotes on my Christmas cards. I don't write anything, you know, Christmassy or whatever. And what it says is how simple it is to see that we can only be happy now. And there will never be a time when it's not now. That's beautiful. That is so beautiful. You know, Taylor, um, this has been a great episode because, you know, we're literally getting live coaching. I was just thinking about this. We're getting live coaching. So we may have to do this again, Taylor, because I think I think the listeners are going to really, you know, I know I'm getting, I feel like I'm getting coached and I feel like the listeners, like we're all getting coached. <laughs> but, um, you know, I wanted to just ask you, you know, a final question because it relates to kind of what you you know, you brought up, you know, when you were training as a tennis player back in Nick Boletari Academy and all that, all those years. The final question that I usually ask everybody on the show is if you had the opportunity to travel back in time and talk to your younger self, maybe that girl who was training back then, what words of wisdom would your current self share with your younger self? I love that question. And, and it brings up something that I'm very, um, clear about that I don't believe in regret, remorse, or mistakes. So I believe in a path and doing my best with breath, breathing along the way. And if we don't have contrast, we don't know what we do want, right? And um, so like if you had, again, the toddler analogy, because I have five kids, I love using these analogies. If your toddler, you know, getting up and trying to walk and falls down. You don't say, get up, you little dummy, <laughs> right? Hopefully you know, not, you, yeah. You, yeah, hopefully not, right? <laughs> um, that'll, that'll require some, some psychology sessions if, you, <laughs> if, if that was said to you. But anyway, the point is we, our inner beings are always guiding us, always guiding us along the way. And they guide us our, your inner being is guiding you through very subtle whispers at the beginning until you really learn to tune in. And the whispers are just, you know, you know, here, do this or do that or talk to this person or, or go get a burger, whatever it is. It, it doesn't have to be some profound thing. How you know it's your inner being is it's always feels good. Okay. And it might in your brain, if you're in your head, be like, I can't do that. I should be working or whatever but always follow that. And so I really did that since I was five because I learned very young at five, ooh, if I focus on this thing that sucks, I get more things that suck. I, I, I remember the moment when I, when I noticed that. And then if I focus on this thing, that's great because there's always something you can find, okay? Even in the worst, worst situations and um, and I know people out there have been through really, really tough stuff and, and, and trauma and, you know, awful things. I actually um, studied resiliency in trauma survivors and, and what, you know, why some are resilient and some are not. And it's really comes down to this key thing of being a game of focus. What am I going to focus on in this? It, there's always something, right? And someone who can help. And, and that, you know, what we see in trauma survivors is those who do, you know, are resilient end up being um, amazing focusers because they had to, right? So they're disciplined. So my self now would say, um, you should have bought the Apple stock. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I'm go. joking. My husband says that. Um, I, you know what? I'm just so happy with where I am and so happy um, to be able to talk to you guys about these principles that work. And, and I really don't believe in regret or remorse, so I wouldn't change a thing. That's fantastic, Taylor. So, so where should people go? We'll link up in the show notes, but where should people go that they, that want to get coached by you or just want to learn more about your, your work? Yeah. So I have taylorwells.me 
And I post blogs on there. I would like to post them daily because I'm a prolific writer and I love to write, but I don't want to overwhelm people. And I also put them on Facebook and, um, and Instagram and LinkedIn as well. But so go to taylorwells.me. There's, um, there are blogs there dated way back and I wrote a new one today and everything is uh, very short and easy to read and real life. It's all real life stories to get inspired. And then it talks about my coaching as well. I am taking one new client right now and I, and then I'll start a wait list. I always do it that way. And, um, and all the information is on the website and also you can reach out to me there as well. Beautiful. Taylor, thank you so much. It was great to uh, connect with you today. Great to see you. It's so great. And let's do another coaching session. We should do them like once a month and have people come on. We should have people come and like ask questions and stuff. It'd be super fun. All right. We'll, we'll figure something out because this is going to be, yeah, this has been great. I've taken away a ton from this coaching and I, and I hope, you know, everybody out there and listening to this is, is taking away a lot from Taylor. So we'll definitely have her back on to do some more coaching. Taylor, thank you so much. This was awesome. Thank you, Drew. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And and um, I know it was quite long, but wh- whatever. <laughs> hey, it works. It works. Thank you for listening to The Drew Perlman Show. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. In the words of Mark Twain, 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than the things you did do. So throw off the bow lines, sail away from the safe harbor, and catch the trade winds in your sails. Explore, dream, discover, and stay well, everyone.